Well, hello there. Welcome to the Recovery is Possible podcast. My name is Mike Van Meter, and I appreciate you joining me. I know you have a lot of things that you could be doing, but for some reason, you decided to join me on the Recovery is Possible podcast, and we can discuss all things recovery. And this episode is sponsored by FHE Health, a substance abuse and mental health treatment center specializing in treatment for first responders' needs, including PTSD, anxiety, and substance use. So take the first steps to a better life today by visiting FHEHealth.com. So I have been getting a lot of questions lately about this whole idea of a higher power. So if you have graced the rooms of uh, different 12-step groups, particularly Alcoholics Anonymous, but in other groups as well, but mainly uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, you hear this idea of a higher power. And a lot of people that don't know a lot about the 12 steps, about the history of the 12 steps, and about Alcoholics Anonymous, really have a misunderstanding of what is meant by, you know, the, the, this concept of a higher power. Uh, people think that this is just a religious cult. It's a religious organization. It's something that, you know, people are trying to sell you on the idea of God and all these different types of things. And it's very confusing, I understand, and I think it warrants a discussion a bit because it's something that does come up over and over and over and over. Now, we're not going to do an extensive history lesson here tonight. I really should do that at some point um, just to give people a better idea of why language is the way that it is uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous uh, in particular. But I think it's important for it to have an explanation so you are not turned off, so you're not turned away, and you can understand what, what people are doing and what they're talking about. Now, I know in the literature of uh, this particular program, the word God is used throughout the, the literature. And people have asked, why, why, is this, why has the book not been rewritten? Why, why has this old 1930s language not been rewritten over the years? And there's a, a lot of reasons for it, and not the least of which is, you have to understand this program is a program that is more successful than really any other program that's out there. In fact, uh, I'm not aware of a program that uh, has even a close second uh, to the success rate. And because of that, and what's important to understand is that because of the success rate of this particular program, there is a big reluctance to change the language within the literature that's out there. It, you know, there's old terminology. There's, you know, it's it's written primarily uh, to to men. You know, there's masculine language, masculine pronouns, and people have wanted to change this over the years. But you know, purists in the program have wanted to keep the language the way that it is because what happens oftentimes when people go in and and change documents, they end up beginning they they start changing the content of the literature along with changing pronouns and changing uh, the language. And people are very reluctant to do that because the program as is works very, very well and they don't want any change in content to occur whatsoever. So there's that, that real reluctance. So what people have done is just said, look, if you don't agree with this, if you're a female, if you uh, have other some other pronoun that you're using, that's fine. Just insert that. Whatever you, uh, you know, see something that's in the literature and it does not apply to you, then just it change it to whatever does apply to you. Uh, you know, we, we do that in the program in general because let's say let's say that alcohol is not your 
the drug of choice. That's not what you're struggling with. Uh, step one of Alcoholics Anonymous is uh, a powerless over alcohol. My life has become unmanageable. But let's again say that alcohol is not what you're struggling with. Well, then you would just simply say, I'm powerless over drugs or I'm powerless over sex. I'm powerless over drugging. I'm, I'm powerless over shopping, eating, whatever the case may be. You know, you get the idea. You would change that phrase to fit whatever it is that applies to you, but we don't change the whole program just because that's something that you struggle with. And so the same applies to the the uh, the pronouns that, that people would use for themselves. Now, this idea of God, well, I know when people that come in and are gracing the rooms and coming into a meeting, you hear this, you know, the Lord's Prayer is being talked about. You talk, you you see the idea of God being discussed. And if you are somebody that is just uh, atheist or you're agnostic, and, and this is something that you're very much against, that's fine. You don't have to believe in the Christian God. You don't have to believe in a Muslim God. You don't have to be a Buddhist. Nobody, nobody in a 12-step program is telling you what you need to believe. No one is doing that. Now, if anyone ever by chance, does push you towards believing something, then they are not within the spirit of the program, I can tell you that. And they're working their own program. Because if you go into AA history, if you go into AA literature, if you go into uh, any of these different programs, no one is telling you what to believe. Now, what they are saying is that you, uh, they're, not, they're not talking about a deity, let's put it that way. But what they are saying is that you have to have something other than yourself that is greater, greater than yourself that you believe in. Now, what does that mean? That can mean that you believe in the collective group of a meeting that you're attending. It means that you can, uh, if you have a sponsor or if you have a group of people that you're working with that have any length of sobriety that's longer than the amount of time that you have, then that would be a, a power that's greater than yourself. So that how about a movement? How about your, your children? How about your family? How about, uh, you know, a, a project that you're working on? You know, something that is greater than you that you are living for and being part of something that is greater than yourself. That's what's really meant by the idea of God. There's something out in the universe, something out in the world that is greater than you. But oftentimes people come to a program and when they see the word God or they hear about the word God, then they automatically just dismiss it and say, I don't want this program at all. And they don't listen to anything else and they never progress forward. And then they keep on drinking or drugging or doing whatever it is that they were doing that was destroying their lives in the first place. Now, it's very, very important that you understand that and that you not uh, have what I heard called one time or this phrase that I thought was very appropriate. And that is condemnation prior to thorough investigation. Let me say that again. Condemnation prior to thorough investigation. You want to be very, very careful with that because just because there's one part of this program that you struggle with or one part of this program that you have an issue with, don't throw everything out the window because I can tell you, you can go look at all the research. You can look at the metadata out there. The 12-step programs that are out there work. They work well. They are very, very effective. And if you've gotten to the point in your life where you need to even consider one of these programs, 
then you might want to stick around for a little while and start listening to people and find out what's going on. Because, you know, whatever you believe in or whatever you don't believe in, you're going to find somebody in one of these programs that's like you. After all, if you're someone that, that struggles with the idea and the concept of God or going to church or whatever, whatever the issue is, you know you're not the first person that struggled with that. And there are many, many people in recovery that don't have a belief in God or at least are agnostic towards the idea of God. But yet they still work the program and they work the program very, very effectively. So that's something that I just want to put out there. Now, in a minute, I'm going to talk about what a higher power is is not. And we're going to talk about how we all worship something, uh, whether we want to admit it or not. And before you turn this podcast off, I want to explain that a little bit. But before I do, I just do want to talk about our sponsor one more time because they are a fantastic group of people. This episode is sponsored by FHE Health. FHE Health has been providing life-changing behavioral health services for more than 20 years, and they treat substance abuse and mental health disorders in an individualized and comprehensive approach. Recognizing the specialized treatment needs of the first responder community, they've created Shatterproof. And Shatterproof is a dedicated program for law enforcement, fire rescue, and similar communities so they can receive treatment among their peers. And they're experienced in providing privacy and working with unions for employment issues. FHE Health is committed to providing the best care experience for their patients, for their families, and for our communities. So learn more at FHEHealth.com. Now, for those of you that say that you can't believe in something greater than yourself, I, I just want to drop this on you here for a minute. And I tell people this on a routine basis when I'm, when I'm working with them. For those that say that they can't believe in something, what I'm going to point out is that you have been believing in something. You do have a higher power. And that higher power is drugs and alcohol or whatever brought you to the point where we had to have this discussion in the first place. After all, if you're an alcoholic, let me just stick with alcohol. It can be drugs. It could be anything else. But I want you to be honest with yourself. If you have been struggling with alcohol, does your drinking not tell you when to get up, when to go to bed, when to work, if you're going to work, who you're going to hang out with, are you going to fly, what time are you going to fly, where are you going to fly, etc., etc.? Is that not the case? I, I can tell you, if you've gotten to the point to where you need to go to a treatment program, you've had a higher power, and you've had a higher power for a long time. In fact, you've been very religious and you've been very devout. You've gotten up and worshipped at that altar religiously every single day, whether it's drinking a drug or smoking or chewing tobacco or food issue, whatever the case may be, you've been worshipping that, that idol for quite some time. You know, I've often found it very interesting that if you walk by a, uh, some liquor stores or if you go by a, a, a store that sells wine and, and alcohol, oftentimes you'll see it referred to as wine and spirits. Wine and spirits. Now think about that for a minute. Spirits. A spirit is an entity. It's a being. It's not a thing. It's not an inanimate object. It's an entity. Is it not? And... Isn't that interesting because we refer to alcohol as being an entity, being a spirit. Well, you know, we marry a being. You know, when you get married, you marry a person. And if you get divorced, that can be traumatic. You're, you're traumatized by separation from people. 
Um, if we go to a funeral, we're mourning the loss of a person, of a being. You divorce a person, right? They're stripped away from you. And a lot of times in recovery meetings, when people have given up drinking and drugs, often you will hear it referred to as uh, a divorce. They, they've been divorced from their loved one. They're going through a mourning period. We mourn people. We mourn entities and beings. And I've always thought that it's interesting that we refer to alcohol and drugs when we give that up as, as a separation in a divorce. Very, very interesting. So it's also interesting that when we come into a program like one of the 12-step programs, many people struggle with the idea of believing in a being. Now, I know that's kind of a deep thought, but really think about that. And what, what happens in recovery is in recovery, we say, you're just switching what it is that you're believing in. You're switching that higher power. You're switching that belief to something more positive. Now, I mentioned earlier in the program that this has to be something that is greater than yourself. So conversely, you would not want to have a higher power be something that is inferior to you. So sometimes you'll hear people say, well, you know what? Um, that doorknob over there is going to be my higher power. That dog over there is going to be my higher power. This house is going to be my higher power, on and on. I would dissuade against that. A higher power, in my opinion, should be something that is, in fact, literally greater than you. Not something that is inherently inferior to you. Human beings are superior to animals. Human beings are superior to inanimate objects. And after all, what are you going to do if that somebody changes that door and that doorknob's not there anymore? What's going to happen if the house burns down? What happens when the dog dies? You know, those types of things. This, this really needs to be something that you can look towards and say, this truly is greater than me. Again, the collective group, the collective sobriety within a group would be a good choice for a higher power. Uh, people that you know that are sober would be a power greater than you. Now, of course, you might say, well, what do I do then if, if a particular person relapses? Well, yeah, but you still have the collective group. You still have someone else that you can rely on. Um, you can also look at that person and say, okay, well, here's the lessons learned that I can you know, take from that person. What were they doing or what were they not doing uh, more specifically that led to them relapsing on and on and on? But these are things that you can have a sort of a mental analysis and you can look at and you can analyze, you know, what works, what doesn't work, and what, what do you need to do. But the group itself, the program itself, the movement of recovery is something that would be greater than you, the collective greater. But you do not want to have anything that is inferior to you being your higher power. But you know, a lot of these programs, recovery programs, I've often said, and I'll, and I'll repeat it here once more, is this. A lot of people have opinions about the various repro- uh, recovery programs that are out there. And I've often said, this is like your buddy coming up to you and saying, hey, I wouldn't see that movie if I were you. It really sucks. And then you ask your friend, well, when did you see the movie? And their response is, well, I've never actually seen the movie. I heard that it sucked. So don't go see it. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know about you, but I like to make up my own opinion about movies and about shows and about music and all those ty- those types of things. And I would I would prefer to make that decision myself. But recovery programs are the only programs I know where nearly everyone you know, nearly everyone you know, has not only an opinion on it, but they have a very strong opinion on, on these programs. But the fact is, many of the people that have these very strong programs have never been in the programs, have never gone to meetings, have never read the literature, have never studied these things. But yet, they still have a very, very strong opinion on the programs themselves. And I would caution against that. I would go to one of these programs. If, you, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're listening to this podcast because you're struggling right now, then chances are you visiting a 12-step program meeting is probably a good idea. And before you make any judgments about what the programs are or aren't and whether they work or they don't work, I would stick around for a while and I would really educate yourself. Give it like a year. Whatever is being suggested to you, try that for about a year. And if you don't like what's happened, if you don't think that your life has gotten better after a year of attempting this this program, then you can always go back to suffering and being in misery. Nobody will ever stop you from doing that. But what I would suggest is trying these programs for at least a year. Give it a shot. Your life won't get any worse, that's for sure, and it might even get better. And if it gets better, you can stick around after a while. But that's what I would recommend. Recommend that you just give it a shot, but don't fall into the trap of condemnation prior to thorough investigation. And that's just my two cents for today. So again, folks, this episode has been sponsored by FHE Health. According to SAMHSA, first responders are 30% more likely to develop behavioral health conditions like PTSD. FHE Health specializes in getting first responders better and cleared for duty. So find out more at FHEHealth.com. And as always, again, my name is Mike Van Meter. Check me out on Facebook. Check out my uh my uh, website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. And I, although I am talking about uh, different uh, 12-step programs and AA and, and on other episodes, I talk about Al-Anon and others, but I don't represent them. Nobody represents these groups. This, these are just my opinions, solely my opinions. And if I say anything that doesn't apply to you or you don't agree with, then just discard it. That's fine. You don't have to follow anything that I'm saying. But Take whatever you can use I'm talking about because it might just help you or might help someone that you know. So with that, folks, please check out my uh, my website, VanMeterWellnessSolutions.com, and I look forward to seeing you soon.